take our Bibles, turn to the book of Philemon. Book of Philemon this evening, and uh, we're going to get into this series of messages, a longer look at the little letters, as I introduced it to you this morning. Uh, these four books that just have one chapter are these four epistles uh, here at the end of our New Testament, Philemon, 2nd and 3rd John, and the book of Jude. And my goal is for us to spend multiple messages in each book, although I don't think, I don't think next week we'll be in Philemon. I think I'll go to 2nd John, we'll do a message there, then 3rd John and Jude, and then we'll come back to Philemon, and then we'll go through it again and and just try to hit some different uh, topics or aspects that we can learn from these, these little postcards, as they've been called, uh, these short little letters. Uh, and this one is written by Paul to a man named Philemon. And uh, let's go ahead and read all 25 verses. And then I want us to go over to Romans chapter 1 and look at one verse there. And then we'll come back to Philemon and have prayer and then get into our message this evening. Follow along with me. Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ, and Timothy, our brother, unto Philemon, our dearly beloved and fellow laborer, and to our beloved Aphia and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church in thy house. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God, making mention of thee always in my prayers, hearing of thy love and faith, which thou hast toward the Lord Jesus and toward all saints, that the communication of thy faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. For we have great joy and consolation in thy love, because the bowels of the saints are refreshed by thee, brother. Wherefore, though I... Uh, Wherefore, though I might be much bold in Christ to enjoin thee that which is convenient, yet for love's sake I rather beseech thee, being such an one as Paul the aged, and now also a prisoner of Jesus Christ. I beseech thee for my son Onesimus, whom I have begotten in my bonds, which in time past was to thee unprofitable, but now profitable to thee and to me. Whom I have sent again, thou therefore receive him, that is, mine own bowels, whom I would have re, uh, retained with me, that in thy stead he might have ministered unto me in the bonds of the gospel. But without thy mind would I do nothing, that thy benefit uh, should not be as it were of necessity, but willingly. For perhaps he therefore departed for a season, that thou shouldest receive him forever." Not now as a servant, but above a servant, a brother, beloved, uh, especially to me, but how much more unto thee, both in the flesh and in the Lord. If thou count me therefore a partner, receive him as myself. If he hath wronged thee, or oweth thee aught, put that on mine account. I, Paul, have written it with mine own hand, I will repay it. Albeit I do not say to thee how thou owest unto me, even thine own self besides. Yea, brother, let me have joy of thee in the Lord. Refresh my bowels in the Lord. Having confidence in thy obedience, I wrote unto thee, knowing that thou wilt also do more than I say. But withal, prepare me also a lodging, for I trust that I, through prayers, uh, I shall be given unto you. 
There salute thee, Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, Marcus, Aristarchus, Demas, Lucas, my fellow laborer, the grace of the Lord of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. Hold your place here, but let's go over to the book of Romans, chapter number one. And I want to look at one verse over here. Romans chapter one. Verse number 16, Paul says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. This evening I want to speak to you about the power of the gospel or the life-changing gospel. I want to consider that here out of the book of Philemon this evening. Pray with me if you will. Father, help us this evening as we look into your word. We're grateful for the word of God. We know that it's alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And we ask you, God, to use it this evening to work in our lives and to make a change and a difference and a better us this evening, Lord. I pray, God, that you would be with those that have needs this evening and and uh, areas in their life, God, that you may want to adjust and fix and work on, that we'd be submissive to you and let you have your will and your way in our lives. And Lord, we'll be careful to give you the glory for all that's accomplished in Jesus' name. Amen. Romans 1.16 again tells us there about this powerful gospel. No doubt many of you and your animals heard last night all the fireworks going off at midnight and thereafter. Anybody here, the, 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 anybody participate in that? Anybody? Oh, we've got a few back there, the crazy nieces, right? I'm not surprised at all. Um, I've never been drawn to the uh, fireworks that much. Uh, it's not been something that I've always really wanted to participate in. I grew up in the 70s and the 80s. And I can remember back then, I don't think fireworks were under as much of a uh, regulations back then. And I, I remember my brothers coming across M80s. You are familiar with those? Uh, no, I don't want to, Don. Uh, this is bad. <laughs> These little, I don't know, were they like, like a, a small percentage of a dynamite stick? They were these little red things there. And I remember as a, maybe an 8 or a 10-year-old watching my brothers thinking, this is not going to end well, you know, this is dangerous, we should not be doing these things. I wasn't doing it, but they were lighting them and throwing them and laughing because they were only getting barely out of their hand before they blew up and, you know, real wise things and stuff. And, and so I've never been really drawn to them. I've done a, some things here and there through the years, but never much, but uh, they're... they're um, uh, related to dynamite or they're related to these gunpowders and those type of things. And this verse there in Romans chapter 1 verse 16 uses this word powerful. And it's from a Greek word, the word dunamis, if I'm saying that correctly. But, uh, and that's where we would get our word. It comes from that word. Uh, we get our word dynamite. It speaks of the amazing power that is in something. And certainly the gospel is a powerful agent that is able to do things that are beyond what we could imagine. I'm certain we could pause this evening and we could have testimony after testimony of how the gospel changed individuals in this room. 
I mean, completely changed. Headed down one path and then a 180. Uh, headed towards destruction and then the gospel uh, uh, saved that family and that individual and couples and so forth. I think back to my own family, learning more and more through the years about my dad and his family. And without a doubt, my dad would have probably gone down the same path that his parents had gone down. My grandpa and my granny, they were, uh, they were a mess. Married and divorced to each other multiple times, in and out of other relationships, involved in alcohol and fighting and just a mess. And then in 1946 or 47, my dad was invited to church at a little Southern Baptist church there in Mount Ida, Arkansas, and uh, to a little revival meeting that was having a great work in this little town there. And one of his buddies invited him to church as a, maybe a 14 or a 15-year-old young boy. And, and he went that evening and, 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 and through that revival was saved that night. And, and, and certainly there were some difficulties and some growing times there, but eventually he was called into the ministry and preached and a completely different changed life. And through my dad, my granny was saved. And not long after that, or I guess some years after that, my grandfather was was saved and and just changed a whole family and I'm sure many of you could say yeah we I was headed down the wrong direction I was headed towards big problems big trouble and God saved me it's the life-changing gospel of Jesus Christ well the power of the gospel is on display in the book of Philemon as well and there is much change that takes place let me just give you the cast of characters and we'll come back to some of these and some of the upcoming messages through there but we are introduced first of all to Paul a prisoner of Jesus Christ and so the apostle Paul is the one that writes this letter and at this time we believe him to be a prisoner in the city of Rome and um, and so Paul writes this letter to a man named Philemon and um Philemon is in the city of Colossae and um, apparently is hosting a church in his house. Does not appear to be the pastor, but uh, as the church is meeting in his home. And his wife, Athea, is mentioned here in verse number two. And then there's a guy named uh, Archippus. And many believe him to probably be the pastor of this church. Some believe they, because he's mentioned there with the Fia, perhaps it's actually their son, uh, the son of Philemon and Aphia. Now, Aphia and Archippus, they're not too prevalent to the story, but there's another character that is. And he's mentioned here in verse number 10, and it's this man named Onesimus. Onesimus. Now, Philemon is Paul's shortest and most personal letter. And it's written during his imprisonment in Rome. Uh, again, Philemon is the main recipient of the letter, as well as this congregation of this church there in Colossae. And um, uh, the, 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 the emphasis of this letter 
is Paul writing to Philemon on behalf of this young man named Onesimus. Now, part of this letter it deals with the subject of slavery. Onesimus, he's called a servant here, but uh, that is a, he was a slave. He was a, uh, uh, in bondage. And um, throughout the New Testament times, uh, slavery was very much accepted in that culture and in that world at that time. And was something that although we don't see it ever condemned in the scriptures, we do see the principles in the scriptures that led many out of slavery. And certainly was used here in our own nation to lead us out of slavery. And so although not a, a direct condemnation, the principles of the scripture lead us from this. And uh, we're grateful for that. Um, in fact, Paul, even in some of his writings, will, will address the servants or the slaves. In Ephesians chapter 6, he speaks to the servants there that they would serve their masters as if they're serving the Lord. And he was telling them to be the right type of servant, the right type of, uh, uh, of minister there. And so he often addressed them. And these slaves uh, would often be a part of these local churches. Now Philemon is a Christian who is a slave owner. And his slave, one of his slaves named Onesimus, has stolen from him and ran away. Onesimus makes it all the way to Rome, about 1,300 miles from Colossae. So he's made it a long ways from home. And um, uh, again, it's probably very likely that Onesimus had gone to church, had heard the gospel preached by the, uh, the, the, the various speakers and preachers there, and apparently had never responded to the gospel. This morning I spoke to our church in our morning service about the pers- God's pursuit of man. Here's this guy that over in Colossae has never received Christ. He's run all the way 1,300 miles away. And guess who he could not run away from? God. God's still pursuing him. Even to the point we believe that Onesimus may have been arrested while there, perhaps stealing again, arrested, and perhaps become cellmates with a guy named Paul, the greatest New Testament witness we have record of. And what a, what, a, what, a, what a great act of God's providence and, again, God's drawing and God's reaching out to this man, Onesimus. And between, because of this relationship between Paul and Onesimus there in Rome, Onesimus is saved. And so now Paul and Onesimus send him back to Colossae. And Paul writes this letter, pens these words to try to encourage Philemon to receive Onesimus in the right way now, not just as a servant, but as a brother in Christ. And for the things that he has stolen, Paul says, I'll pay you back for these things. And so there's many things in this uh, uh, that we can learn from. But this evening, I want us to see how the gospel changed some people. I'd like to begin tonight with 
Maybe it's one that we would not immediately think of in this text, but certainly worthy of us talking about this evening, and how the gospel changed Paul. It's about 25 years before this when we're introduced to Paul in Acts chapter number 8. In Acts chapter number 8, his name is Saul at the time. And we're introduced to him as he is an eyewitness In fact, he's a contributor to the stoning of Stephen. He didn't pick up a stone, but he was certain ready to hold the coats of those that were taking them off so they could freely throw the stones at this preacher, Stephen. And he was consenting unto his death. He was in favor of his death. And he was cheering them on as he watched uh, uh, Stephen be stoned to death that day. In Acts chapter number 9, we learn of Saul that he wreaked havoc in the church, that he was a persecutor of the believers. And we also learn in Acts chapter number 9, on his way to Damascus, he had an encounter with God, where God encountered him and said, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And on that day, Paul cried out, Saul cried out to the Lord, and the Lord saved him that day. And through some time and some uh, time in the desert with the Lord and some, uh, some training and so forth, Saul becomes the great preacher, the great evangelist, Paul. What a great change took place in this man's life from becoming the chief persecutor to the chief preacher of the New Testament. Think about all that he does. Four, 13 or 14 of our New Testament books are penned by this man. Uh, multiple missions trips and churches that he established and started. All of these things took place all because of the gospel, the life-changing gospel of Jesus Christ. What an amazing thing this is to consider this man Paul and how the gospel changed him. But not only Paul, we can learn from this man Onesimus. From what we can gather, Onesimus was not a very good slave. I don't know if I'd want to be a very good slave either. I don't know that I'd want to give it my all. I don't know that I would appreciate it. But again, Paul encouraged them in Ephesians chapter 6 that they would be, that they would serve their masters as if they're serving the Lord. And by the way, do we always want to do our very best in our workplace? There's the encouragement there today in 2023 as we take that passage of Scripture that we serve in our place of employment as if we were serving the Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul encouraged him to do this, but apparently Onesimus was not a very good slave. His name Onesimus means profitable. That's what the name means, but notice how Paul refers to him. Look at verse number 10. And eleven says, I beseech thee for my son Onesimus, whom I have begotten in my bonds, which in time past was to thee unprofitable, but now profitable to thee and to me. Paul has changed it now. This man that has been unprofitable has now become profitable, not only to me, but also to you, Philemon. It appears that Onesimus was a thief. Not only was he a runaway, he was a thief taking some money or some type of possession from Philemon. As Paul has said, I will repay you. I will cover whatever he has taken from you. 
He was a thief. He was a runaway. He runs away, and, and again, through the providence of God, he's captured, he's imprisoned, and, and he has an encounter with Paul. And Paul, as he calls him here, whom he has begotten in his bonds. Again, this is a spiritual relationship he's speaking of here. He's a spiritual father to Onesimus as Onesimus is born again. Now, with our 21st century mindsets, we could come up with a multitude of reasons why Onesimus did not need to go back to Philemon. But he saw the need, and he was willing to put his life on the line. As a runaway slave, it was well within the power of Philemon to beat him and even have him put to death because of what he has done. So Onesimus is literally putting his life on the line to go back and make things right. What would cause an individual to do that? The gospel. The gospel changes people. We had a dear family back in our church in Columbus. They showed up at our service one Sunday with a translator. They had just moved here from Portugal and um, a missionary in Portugal had looked up our church and said, go to this church when you get to, there, get to America and you get to Columbus. They had family in Columbus, and, and they said, go to this church and uh, just tell them that you're there, that you're Christians, and a missionary told you to go there. And so this guy that wasn't a Christian, that was their translator, uh, he introduced them to me and said, they, they've come here, they want to be a part of your church. I said, well, we don't have Portuguese-speaking people or anything. And he says, That's, he goes, this is where they want to be. And so they started coming to our church, and we had some Spanish speakers that could communicate a little bit with them. And, and the husband was learning English, and, and uh, they came to our church for, for uh, uh, several years. And uh, for the majority of the time, she never really understood anything. She could sing some songs. She would sing in Portuguese while we would sing in English. And there was times, though, where I would watch Leah get moved with the Spirit. I don't, she didn't have any clue what we were talking about, and she'd be back there weeping and raising her hand and praising the Lord, just picking up a little bit there. But we found out shortly after they started coming that they were there illegally. They didn't intend to come illegally. They thought they were supposed to come and then they would apply for uh, a stay and for a green card and those type of things. And so he came to me once one week and he said, Pastor, I'm not, a, I'm not allowed to be here. And he goes, would you help me? And I said, sure. And so we began to go and we began to find different government agencies there in Columbus and trying to find how we could remedy this situation. And over and over and over again, here's what the government workers would tell us. He's not here legally. There's no way to do it legally. But just stay here anyways. He goes, it doesn't matter. Every, it doesn't matter. Just stay here. He's doing this. And while he was here, illegally, he was voluntarily paying his taxes. He, he wasn't being taxed. He had an employer that was paying him under the table, and he was voluntarily paying taxes, all the, trying to do things the right way, and they wouldn't let him stay. And so after a period of time, I said, Lewis, I don't know what else we can do. And he said this, I must go home then. 
Because I cannot be right with God if I'm here illegally and I know I'm here illegally. And so he gave up and they came here to live the American dream. They came here to get, uh, to have a better way of life and all those things. And I remember that day of them leaving. He says, if it is God's will, he'll allow me to come back someday, but I have to do what is right. What, a, what would cause a person who's been told by multiple government agencies that you'll be fine, just stay here, what would cause them to do the right thing? The gospel of Jesus Christ. And Onesimus could do the right thing now only because of what the gospel has done in his life. Church, I'm anxious and I'm hungry to start seeing the gospel working here at Heritage. Oh, not in our, just in our lives, but I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing people coming that need the gospel and the gospel changing their lives. People that, that, their, that their life is pointed towards destruction and pointed towards a mess and and then here comes in the gospel and saves the day, saves those individuals and saves them from the direction they were headed. It's not just about the eternity that is gained, but changing a life here on earth, making a difference. And I would ask you, church, that you join me in, in prayer and in effort and seeing the gospel go forth from this congregation in ways that we've not seen in, in some time. That we'd be faithful in our personal witness every day and every week. Looking for opportunities to share the gospel with your coworkers, with your neighbors. Praying that God would give you somebody that you could lead to Christ this year. See them grow in their faith, baptized, added to the church, discipled. Seeing the gospel change individuals. I think I mentioned it last week, but uh, or maybe last Wednesday, but... It would not be unreasonable for any of us to think that God could not lead one person into our life that we could see saved through your personal efforts. Not, there's not one of us in here that would be beyond the scope of imagination that we could all lead somebody to Christ and let the gospel change their lives. And I would encourage you that you would take that challenge and that you would be burdened to reach somebody for Jesus Christ. I don't want to, I'm not here to embarrass anybody this evening. We all should be embarrassed. We're not, we're not the soul winners we should be. But I wonder today, can you just talk to yourself in your heart, when is the last time you've even had, taken the opportunity to share the gospel with somebody? When is the last time you personally have talked to someone about the Lord? We all need to be praying for those opportunities and working towards those opportunities. I want to close with this closing thought here about Onesimus. About 50 years after Philemon was written, in church history, it's not in the Bible, I don't know that it's true, but in church history records, there's a copy of a letter from a man named Ignatius written to a church in Ephesus. That's where we get our, uh, the book of Ephesians is written to the church at Ephesus. I don't know if it's the same church there or a different church. But it was addressed to a pastor named Onesimus. 
We don't know if it's this same Onesimus from here, but it certainly could be. And it certainly would be like the gospel, wouldn't it? Taking a thief, a runaway slave, seeing them saved, and seeing their life completely turned around, changed to the point perhaps he became the pastor of a church in another city, used of the Lord to, be, to become a pastor. Some people think well, all, thieves, all pastors are thieves at one point or another, but it's true that this could be a, a, a life-changing thing. All of that is because of the gospel. And church, would you join me in praying and working to seeing the gospel work here? Last year, we had about 28 baptisms at our church through the course of uh, 2022. We should see more than that this year, don't you think? Wouldn't it be wonderful to see that doubled? Wouldn't it be wonderful to see? And I'm not just talking about getting people to say prayers again. I want to see people truly converted, understand their need for salvation, and truly call on the Lord, understanding what they're doing. I'm not trying to uh, produce numbers. I'm trying to see us see many souls saved and changed by the gospel. So I'm going to ask you, will you join me in praying about that, and will you join me in working towards that? Be faithful on our soul-winning times. Be faithful in our daily witness and our daily opportunities and seeing the gospel change somebody's life this year. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me this evening? Perhaps even this evening you'd make a commitment to the Lord. Lord, I want to pray about and I want to work towards seeing myself personally lead somebody to the Lord this year. See myself uh, be able to give the gospel, lead them to Christ, making a difference in somebody's life. And you'll take that challenge. Perhaps tonight you're grateful for what the gospel did in your life. You saw the direction you were headed or your family was headed and the gospel changed it and salvaged you and saved you. And you want to thank God and praise God this evening. However, the Lord may be speaking to your heart this evening. We have an invitation in just a moment. I would want, want you to be obedient and respond to the Lord as he leads in your life. Father, we thank you for the life-changing gospel. Thank you how you changed Paul. You changed Onesimus. We see how the request was for Philemon to change. How he should respond Assuming he did, I'm assuming he received Onesimus back. Lord, that's the gospel that changes people. And I pray, God, that you would help us to be active in praying and working of getting the gospel out here at church and in our homes, our, our workplaces, our neighborhoods. Lord, we see many souls get saved this coming year for your honor and your glory. Lord, help us to be burdened for this. Help us, Lord, to work hard at this and to trust you for these things. Now, Lord, take this invitation moment and use it for your honor and your glory. Help us to be obedient to you in Jesus' name. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed as the piano begins to play. If the Lord's touched your heart about souls, someone, 
you respond this evening?